Recording in progress. Time once again for the Integrateness podcast with Jason and Jolene. I'm Jason. She's Jolene. You can't see us, even though I pointed at her. Hi. <laughs> Getting so back into this morning routine here because school's been going for a few weeks. I have this quote, Jolene. I didn't show it to you, but I'll read it. The early bird can have the worm because worms are gross and mornings are stupid. <laughs> I am like a morning person and a night person and a Monday person and a Friday person. I am all of the persons I love like each day and each time of day for its own unique way. I'm a weirdo that way. Yeah. That's amazing. I'm I'm not like <laughs> I'm a night owl and uh, I do Fridays well. <laughs> That's really about it. <laughs> I really come to embrace all of them. I'm like, oh, it's Tuesday. Oh, it's Thursday. Like, yeah, there's a lot of very underrated days, right? Thursday. There's a ton, a ton. And, and, and kind of why I brought up the mornings thing is because, you know, we're, we're a few weeks back into fall now. Like, well, it's well entrenched, but I'm still having some trouble adjusting to the morning routine of the kid going back because, well, you know, and all through summer, you kind of get up and you do things at your own pace. But now it's like trying to eat properly in the morning again. Because, you know, if you don't, I'm, I'm hypoglycemic. So if I don't eat properly and regularly enough, I start to, my everything falls apart. And so I've had this tracker. It's an app. I think it's called Track, where I've been logging what I've been eating and how much of it and calories and stuff like that. And it's been interesting to watch how eating affects mood. And it's something I've always known about. But what are your thoughts on that? Because we haven't talked nutrition yet and how important nutrition is to your overall health, mental health, right? Again, we are looking at how everything is integrated. We are this complex ecosystem that impacts, you know, one thing over here will impact something downstream, all of that. I want to call us a machine, but I really don't feel like we are machines so much as we are things to be nourished and grown and tended to that way, right? So yeah, I I am a classic hangry gal. <laughs> so I get it. I get the eating regularly. And um you know, there's so many different ways that we can tend to the nutritional needs that we have. And I'm going to throw some things out there that people can kind of get sparked with. So, you know, um, intermittent fasting has had this huge kind of craze uh, along like lots of biohacking and, um, you know, weight loss related stuff, but also in like cell rejuvenation, all of this stuff, like there's all of these really great um, benefits to uh, intermittent fasting. I have, I, I, I haven't really tried it. Uh, but I did kind of pull my social media audience at one point to just see who was doing it. Cause I am quite fascinated in it. Um, and you know, there's definitely differences between men and women and women needing to kind of take certain breaks from the fasting during their cycles, their menstrual cycles, so that their body can have what it needs during those times. But there's a lot of people who have had great success with all of that. And, you know, I think about when we think about that uh, mental discipline uh, conversation that we had in one of our episodes, you know, if you can, if you can have control over what you eat, you can have like the ultimate control over things because food is something that we need. So we can't ultimately cut it out of our lives, but if we can control what we're eating and have control over our urges and cravings and have really good discipline, and around that like that is a, a like an ultimate form of um, self-management and control so really what we're putting into our mouths being mindful using apps like that 
all those kinds of things, right? So intermittent fasting would be one of them. Just tracking and being mindful, like intuitive eating also is really big in terms of like, what does my body need right now? Eating with the seasons, right? We're going into fall. There's going to be more root vegetables. You know, people don't like eating as many salads in the winters because we need more nourishing foods. And this is what we used to do back in the day. There's so many diets based on where our original, you know, like ancestry came from, what plants grew native to our land, all of those things, right? Did we need to be importing things that our body didn't need? All that kind of stuff, right? So, um, you know, looking at some of those things, but I really encourage people to think about, because we've got this huge diet culture. And I mean, you and I are both going to talk about that based on the things we've been trying, because there is like this balance where we all want to look our best. We want to feel our best. And inadvertently, those two things kind of piggyback onto each other. And most of the time when people go into a weight loss journey, they actually go into a self-transformation journey. They initially might do it to look better, but essentially what you end up doing is prioritizing yourself, making wiser decisions, making healthier decisions. You will end up changing probably your physical activity as a result of it, and you'll change your mindset as well. So it, it ends up having this beautiful domino effect in all the other areas of your life. If it goes sideways, it's also going to have a shit show domino effect in your life, right? It, it does. And I think a big thing, because I used to do a fitness podcast uh, with James Sutherland here, who's a personal trainer. You were on that when we talked meditation on that. Um, and one thing we talked about too, is you got to, it's fine to have all these fads and this, these diets and these desires to do this and fasting, but you also got to keep in mind what works for you because we're not all created equally or the same like i could well we for one thing we fast every day if you have your dinner at six you don't have breakfast till seven the next morning and you're not eating in between you just fasted for for 13 hours right and that your that's your body's doing what it's supposed to do so you don't necessarily have to go on these big and fasting legacies i have a friend that does that every once in a while he fasts for like two days and doesn't eat anything or just has these drinks um which is fine but if you're not careful you will rebound. You'll start eating again, and then your body rebounds to back to exactly where it was before. So you really got to think about what you're doing and have a goal in mind of why. And I think that's the important thing is why do you want to do this? Why are you choosing like the paleo diet, which is that diet very much of what our ancestors ate to, you know, 100, 200 years ago. And I think if you figured out your why, you're more prone to success and you're not going to, so, and when you fall off the wagon, like you suddenly have that cheeseburger, you're not going to shoot yourself because you're so, why did I eat that cheeseburger? That was just dumb. So I think it's a lot of it is a head game mm -hmm. and understanding why you want to play that head game with yourself. Cause it's a, it's a tough journey to eat right and exercise properly and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's hard to make good decisions when we are such an immediate gratification culture, right? So to eat that cheeseburger right now, cause it feels good. And I want it now is so much easier than staying on a long-term plan where we're seeing subtle shifts, right? But people will notice like when they will eat something like that, maybe they feel worse the next day or they're retaining a lot of water from all the sodium. I'm a sodium gal who like, if I have too much sodium after I have like consciously kept a lot of it out of my, my diet, um, I can gain four pounds in a day and feel like shit. So I'm like, mm -hmm. ah. Right. Um, but there's different things like, you know, for me, I was part of um, the Herbal One uh, program in Kamloops here because Beth, who runs it, uh, was a good friend of mine. And I really appreciated just that, like female support and accountability that I needed. Um, I it was it was like post having twins. And I was someone who gained weight breastfeeding, never during pregnancy, but only breastfeeding. I gained weight. Right. 
Um, and I was just in a place where like my blood sugars were constantly crashing. I wasn't making things for me. I was just so busy feeding my kids all the time. I would eat the crust off the toast that I made for them and just shit like that. Right. So it was really helpful to like reprioritize myself, but also just get into a totally different mindset. Like it's okay to feed me before I feed my kids. That's not selfish. All these simple things. Right. But it was more of like a lifestyle change and just having a really easy go-to plan that I could then memorize in my head, like what are, I was definitely not eating enough protein, like definitely not. And learning what food groups fueled me best and protein was like low on the list. So, you know, the amount that I eat now in protein is way more than I've ever been conscious and aware of. Right. And then recognizing, you know, where my fruits are and sugars and all of that kind of stuff, but not limiting it in a way that like you can't have anything. Uh, because I think when we get into that restrictive piece, we're really interfering with our ability to um, receive pleasure. And for me, um, in my healing journey, I denied myself pleasure in so many areas of my life. And um, food restriction could be one of those things. And I think that when we are on like a self-love journey, we also have to allow ourselves pleasures in life, not ones that are going to bring us down, but we also have to be able to enjoy the good things and the things that feel good. And the, you know, the recipes that remind us of grandma or childhood comfort food, like we need to be able to fit those in places. We just can't rely on them as crutches all the time. Right. Which we do, I think. And that's a human, we want to, my wife always says this because she, she sort of struggled in the last few years in terms of weight and diet and she'd always eat too much. And her big thing is if she has only one cup of coffee a day, she wants to have, she calls it the yum. So she wants the sugar and she wants the milk to make where I just drink black coffee. I don't, I just, I'm a black, I decided that's just one way. Cause I'd had the paper. I drank eight cups of coffee a day. So if you put cream and sugar in all eight of those cups of coffee, you're having way more calories than you need. And you just got junk. It's just, then it's just junk. The milk dairy, that much dairy is not good for you. That much sugar is not good for you. So, but that works for her. She's only having one cup. So she will have the yum. Whereas I have like three cups a day. So I just go black. Right. right? And that's yeah. how I've kind of worked around that. Yeah. And I don't like to drink my calories. So I will typically have like a, a like a no calorie coffee or tea. Um, I don't do all of those like 300 calorie drinks. I don't do juice. I don't do pop. I don't do any of that. I do like coffee, tea, or water, because I'm like, I would way rather eat my calories <laughs> than drink them. Right. And, and yeah, we do, we get mindful around like what's going in. And again, the sugar consumption, it's so easy and to get jacked on caffeine too. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, it's fine. Cause I'm not a morning person, so I'll have a couple cups of coffee and that gets me going, but you don't, if I have that at three o'clock in the afternoon, I'm up all night. Right. So it's learning that balance. When I was at the paper, my last coffee would be at four o'clock in the afternoon with cream and sugar after having seven more of those. And I'd be wondering why am I not getting the sleep I need, which is a whole other episode, but yeah. it affects everything. Exactly. I'm glad you brought up sleep because that's just where my head was going. And when I used to have the, uh, I paid extra on my Fitbit to track my sleep cycles when I was like recording my sleep meditations and things like that. I really wanted to observe what deep sleep cycles were, were in and when REM was kicking in and stuff. And I would play around with my eating as well. So what did my sleep patterns look like when I went to bed on an empty stomach versus when I had had a small snack ahead of time, a high protein snack. So there's different things like that, um, that also play in. And when our body is so busy trying to digest during that rest stage, we're not really getting the rest and rejuvenation. And it's not like eating up the cells that need to be rejuvenated. It's still working on the current ones kind of thing. So there's that whole fasting restorative process that can happen, but typically you are going to be 
um, you know, sleeping a little bit better when you're not having your blood sugars spike in your sleep. However, there are some people I know that, you know, one of my colleagues, when she was doing some intuitive eating and stuff, she said she started eating just like a high protein, small snack uh, before bed. And that was helping her sleep. But she also had a lot of sleep issues. We also have hormonal stuff falling into play there too, right? The other thing I want to talk about when we look at like how integrated our system is, is like you change one thing upstream and it changes everything downstream, right? Um, things that impact our insulin levels, stress uh, directly impacts insulin levels. It puts our sympathetic nervous system into action, which is our fight or flight mode. And when that happens, our body uh, no longer is in that rest and digest. So it shuts down all the parts of our system that we don't need to run away from the bear in the woods, which is essentially our digestive system. So it'll clear us out, which is why if you're afraid and kind of hyper aroused, you might need to like go pee or something because it just clears out those systems we don't need, but then it actually shuts them down. That's going to impact our insulin levels, right? And our insulin is going to stabilize our blood sugars and then boom, we're just like hangry shit shows at that point. And we're boomeranging up and down throughout a day. And I don't think people really realize how much they boomerang up and down because you can go for a quick fix. And I'll tell you that two o'clock snack in the lunchroom, my old workplace used to be notorious for this, the fucking donuts, the cake, the, and you can cram it in your mouth, like nobody's business and grab like a cup of coffee at the same time. And you're like, whoa, I completely just like, like 180 through that like downward spiral I was just in, you know? It, it We would have that too. But what I found is a, a good alternative to that. If you have an orange at two o'clock in the afternoon, you're getting the sugar, but it's natural. So you don't mm -hmm. crash afterwards, but it perks you up and it's something you just peel it and eat it. You know what I mean? And that's just a bad, I know people always go for like the donut because I love donuts. That would be my go-to, but I switched the donut out for the, the orange or the apple. Yeah. And that would just much better. Still get the same result, but it's I'm better for you. For sure. And I'm looking at you and I was like, hard no. You know why? You know where you lost me? Peel it and eat it. I'm <laughs> I peel that shit before it leaves my house. So I will cut my apple before I leave my house. So I will usually have a cut apple in my lunch instead of a whole apple probably because I get lipstick all over it and it's just a pain and it's messy to eat. Um, I will be 10 times more likely and my kids as well to eat that apple if it's cut up. Um, I, I will more likely eat the orange if it's peeled, probably because I have an issue with the white stuff on it. I, I <laughs> all of it off. I'm a terrible orange eater. <laughs> you're totally right. Like I get what you're saying there. It's so funny. Um, and yeah, figuring out like which food systems are going to sustain you the most. Some people might need like high protein. So they might have just like some, some cheese with the apple or like even peanut butter with an apple or something. Um, I add cinnamon to things just as like a blood sugar stabilizer. Some people add cinnamon to their coffee. I will add it to like my Greek yogurt. Um, you know, if I have a banana, I might put some cinnamon on it or something like that. So there's, there's little tricks like that, but it's really about a journey of starting to listen to your body. We're reconnecting to our bodies again, really recognizing that like everything we fuel it with is going to impact how it functions. Like you can't just you know, we don't just put crappy fuel in our car. Well, I mean, depending, right? We try, we try not to, right? Um, gas prices now we're putting the crappy in, but sometimes I throw some Supreme in there, right? Um, but I, I think it it really encourages us to start looking at when I do this, it will return this to me, right? And when you have, you know, a sustained period of time where you're looking at 
I have regular energy levels. I'm not moody. It's the moodiness that, and the moodiness comes out in terms of like, what's your frustration tolerance? How well are you able to concentrate? If somebody breaks your concentration or yells or like, Hey, and then you snap, like all those kinds of things, right? So much of that is nutrition related. It's, I think, I think I'd say almost like 80% of it's nutrition related, right? Cause you can, you can exercise, which is a great way to for I, that's one of my outlets for me in terms of, you know, mood and, and good mental health, but if you're exercising regularly, but putting crap, like you say, bad fuel in your body, you, you got, you're almost, you're, you're counteracting any good you're doing with the exercise, right? Like you kind of, and even for weight loss, you can run all you want. But if you're eating junk, you're not going to lose weight. So it, the diet is the most crucial component or mm -hmm. one of the most crucial components. Yeah, your muscles need what they need. I mean, I'm no expert in this realm, but again, you know, you uh, definitely need to refuel and give back what you're also burning so your body can do what it needs to do, right? Big, big time. Like, remember what, what was the big diet for that? Was it the, not the keto diet? Atkins. The food ones. Yeah, the Atkins diet or whatever that was where you could eat meat. Oh my God. I but had people use that as an excuse to go eat cheeseburgers from McDonald's all the time. It's like, no, 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 no. I had a colleague who just loved that shit. He had like a little mini fridge in his office and he just like sausage and cheesed it up. I was like, that's not <laughs> dude, you're, that's not working. <laughs> and, and I get like, yeah, they're, yeah, but it's, it's balance. It's about, there's lots of other ways you can do keto without just eating sausage and cheese. Yeah. <laughs> Like egg is good, you know, good pork chop, maybe a, a lean steak once in a while. Yeah. But you know, if you think about it, and especially since I have three littles to feed who are very dysregulated um, food wise, right? From a very young age, I mean, they would cry and scream when they were hungry. So that would activate me. So then I would go into my own activated system, right? So then I'm like, here's your food, right? You know, and I'm, I'm holding out my boobs right here, guys. Like, <laughs> here's your food, right? Um, and that was kind of like, if you're crying and upset, you must be hungry or tired essentially, or need a diaper change. Right. So we kind of follow that philosophy through life. So it's one of these weird things, especially when we're looking at like disordered eating and different body image things. And, um, just even using food as a comfort, we are actually conditioned to do that from a young age. So our brain, like Pavlov's dogs with the bell ringing, ding, ding, and they salivate, right. That happens to us when I'm upset, food makes me feel better because that is what happened in early life. So then you go into toddler years and let's face it very often, it's like, okay, they're cranky. Let's try the snack first. Right. Um, and often that does work until like my five-year-old said to me one day when I was like, okay, well, let's get you an apple. And she's like, mom, I'm upset, not hungry. <laughs> I was like, oh shit. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. <laughs> You know, but like, it is a pretty classic response there too. But I also like, I work with a lot of people, especially the late night snacking when we are feeling emotional and that's, I mean, we look at those early connections. So I actually use EMDR and different things to process that out for people and reshift what comfort looks like, reshift what sitting with emotions look like. Um, and then we look at like substituting things. So, you know, using tea at nighttime, um, keeping your hands busy and doing activities like some coloring, things that process the emotional disturbance that's actually coming up. Cause most people will Netflix and chill and they're just numbing everything out or they can like down a bag of chips while they're doing that and not even realize it. Right. 
So the more mindful we become, and usually that happens when it's like, oh, I'm not going to eat between dinner and breakfast now. And like people are going crazy, right? So it's like, what are you going to do to keep your hands busy, but also to process the discomfort that's coming up, read a book, adult coloring stuff, find a hobby, listen to music, maybe do some yoga, um, change up how your body can now process what's happening for you. Cause there's actually stuff sitting there at the end of the day, guaranteed for many people, right? I think most of us that's what it is right there's and that's why you eat or you you do have like your drink or you watch just watch you just want to know you just you're done you just don't want to deal with shit anymore and that so you take care of it moment yeah yeah so recognizing those patterns like right where where do i eat where do i not eat where this is happening where do i struggle the most with my eating do i front load my day do i like um, you know, like rear load my day in terms of eating everything later on. Cause I haven't eaten a breakfast. I mean, people kind of have a natural flow of what their body's sort of used to. Um, and sometimes that's just the way it is, but sometimes it is more of like a lifestyle type thing. Right. And I find many people when they're not eating enough during the day, they end up just having all those late night cravings. Cause within a day, you're still needing a certain amount of calories. So for me, I'm like, you may as well front load it to a certain degree and be burning it off and utilizing the nutrients it can give you during your most functional times. And then when you're not doing anything, you don't need as much fuel in your body, you know? Well, very much. And that's why back in the day when people were farming, their breakfasts were huge, right? That's why you could eat like the three eggs and the pancakes and the bacon and the ham all and the sausage all at once. But then you're working hard all day. You have like a decent lunch and then dinner was usually something pretty simple. And then you went to bed when it was dark. <laughs> you know, like you just, you just did because you're doing it all over again. You didn't sit on your phone all night. <laughs> no, <laughs> you were too tired, right? And that's that's a whole other topic. But that the the sooner you turn your electronics off as well, the better, right? Because if you're scrolling your phone, it's keeping your brain wired. Sometimes you're gonna eat some chips while you do it, right? Or have your wine. Worst thing ever. We <laughs> whole other conversation. So much, so much time in the hole, yeah. And then we have the whole like blue light issue and all that stuff, right? Yeah. Inter- but yeah, there's so many neurochemical responses that happen from all of this stuff. And yeah, like most people will find like, especially in the trauma healing journey, when we're really looking to calm the nervous system, rewire the way the nervous system is activated and stuff. A lot of people will notice that like diet, exercise, nutrition, just all start to fall into play with this as well. Because again, we are this giant integrated system that if we shift one piece, it's going to start to have effects on the other ones, either positive or negative. Again, that's why I really love the approach of acupuncture and keeping that balance and harmony in the body. It's that same kind of philosophy of, 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 of life, right? Meditation as well is another good one. And you can meditate on your food cravings and what you've been eating. You know what I mean? And just see what the universe chucks at you in that regard. Like it's, it's fascinating. Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, like if you, if I were to name like some classic foods that like bring me back and, and, you know, like a, a smell of apple pie, um, you know, uh, when I think of like ham on the bone, I think of like dinner at my grandma's and like the wood stove burning and, you know, things like that. Uh, we definitely have our comfort foods. We have the things that feel good to us, right? Cheeseburgers. Mm, cheeseburgers for you, hey? Yeah, cheeseburgers, hot wings. Really like the hot wings. But the big thing for me too is prime rib because my grandma used to make prime rib and it would be just the best. You'd have that like on a Sunday dinner kind of thing. Um, yeah, and she could cook it well. And I remember my dad would always get the bone, mm-hmm. the prime rib bone and eat that. Yeah, anyways, probably what killed him because it was full of nuts, nothing but fat and gristle. But anyways, um, yeah, and it's being able to identify why you want that comfort and when. And that's when you kind of 
and we'll do an episode on this later about being knowing yourself, being self-aware and what your triggers are. That's a good way to combat your food because it's like, okay, I'm feeling shitty. This I associate with making me feel good, like you say, which usually comes from your childhood. So you do that, but maybe that was a good idea at nine in the morning and it's not a good idea at nine 30 at night. Totally. And then, you know, really like what people could take away today is, you know, have I ever spent a day just documenting what goes in my mouth? <laughs> really? Um, have I ever sat down and put like what I had in the morning and really observed everything and how much water am I drinking? How much water am I drinking? Not enough guaranteed. Right. Um, Cause that's going to keep our brain mentally sharp and focused and everything just nice and lubricated in the body. Right. Um, we need that, but really looking and saying, you know, like, yeah, when am I eating? What are my patterns? What are my trends? We are so unaware of what goes into our mouths, like especially when we're prepping food and doing things like that. And we're starving before a meal is made, things like that, right? It's wild what goes unnoticed. So just that first piece of mindfulness eating might be a really great step for people. Get curious, get curious and see what your patterns are. You might be surprised that you're actually doing really well at managing everything or it's a shit show. <laughs> well, I noticed yesterday because I have been tracking um, my, my breakfast was 400 calories, which is pretty good. I went out and had an apple fritter from Tim Hortons with a coffee. And guess what? That was 400 calories, more, more than 400 calories. So that was just bad, dumb, dumb, dumb. Probably had a big sugar crash after that one around 12 o'clock or something. Hey? Oh, huge, huge. Just complete, complete wipeout. Right. So there's a good, there's a little example of how, if you track what you're eating, you can realize really quickly what's good and what's bad. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I love that. So that's, that's our little rant on nutrition <laughs> from two people who are not nutritionists at all, but have a lot of experience with the brain, the body and how it works. Yeah. So um, hopefully that got some things jiving for you guys, got you thinking about some stuff because we literally have to look at all of the pieces of the equation if we are going to expand into our greatness. Yeah, exactly. I like that was very nicely done. Jordan. I also want to point out here, if I sound different this week, you guys, it's because I got a new microphone. My office got broken into, so I got to buy a new one. So I hope that I'm getting like some better sound quality here because Jason's got a great radio voice and mine was like subpar. <laughs> it sounds, it sounds for, for my ears, which are trained in audio, that sounds great, Jolene. So you're doing good. <laughs> Anyways, that wraps up our show this week. We'll be back next week with a whole new topic and hopefully some insights to help you achieve your greatness. Until then, I'm Jason. I'm Jolene. We'll talk again next week. Mm -hmm.